Would he better off to be brought up in a world with a God or a world without a God? Before we answer the question of why we believe in God, let's first understand who is God? What is God to you and what is God to the world? If we don't know who God is, then we don't know to believe in God. And we also don't know why believing in God is such an integral part of our existence that we cannot, we cannot want, and we cannot ever be separated from God. We are connected with God from the minute we are born till the minute we pass away. Even if you don't know what God is, God is in you. So who is God? God Almighty is referred to by many different attributes. Some refer to it God in heaven, God Almighty, the Omnipotent, the Omnipresence, the Infinite, the Bountiful. God is not an entity. An entity is defined by a beginning and an end, by dimensions. God transcends all that. God is not an entity. God is not even a being. Because once you use the expression being, you are limiting God. God Almighty in heaven was, is, and will be. God was not created. God was, is, and will always be. God Almighty in heaven is referred to in Hebrew as the word Hashem. Hashem actually means the name, but that is the most common word as the Jewish people refer to God. We refer to God as Hashem, the name. There are many names that are attributed to God, and those names are basically reflected on the way we understand God, how God conducts himself with the world. And at various times, we call out to God with different names. God is not just a spiritual, divine, energy, power, existence, but God is actually everything. God is not one thing. And God is not just everything, but God is everything, anywhere, and always. That's what we refer to as infinity. And only God with infinity is able to create from ex nihilo into something. So when we recognize that this world didn't just happen to be created, and didn't, doesn't just happen to be in existence by itself through some big bang or from some evolution process. 
but rather this world was handcrafted, created, brought to form, and is constantly energized by the Spirit of God. God who always was, always will be, the omnipotent and omnipresent is always here, created this world. This is His artwork. And this is God Almighty that we know to exist. We don't just have blind faith, just say, I believe. It's an actually much deeper than that. Deep down in our souls, we have a connection, we have a bond with God in heaven. And that is because you and I were created in God's image. You and I were given a soul, which is a part of God, literally a part of God, that keeps us alive. That is our soul. That is our spirit. That is our essence, is our soul. In Hebrew, it's called a neshama, which is a breath of air. Just when God created Adam and Eve, He blew in to their nostrils a breath of life. That's what we know as a soul. So for you and I to exist in this world, to be alive, we need that energy. We need a soul. We have a soul. It is when we die, that soul leaves us. And, and our body is unable to function. Our body just collapses and just becomes a, a, a sack of bone and sinews and tissues, but unable to function. It is the soul that brings us to life at birth. It is the soul that sustains us throughout our journey of life. And that is our connection to God. So why do we believe in God? What does the word believe mean? What does faith mean? So it's not just because you have been taught by your parents or grandparents or your teachers. You must believe. You have to believe. Believe is not in the abstract. Belief and faith is actually tangible, attainable, and able to process in our logic that there is a creator to this world, that there is a God in heaven, the omnipotent that's always here, that will always be here, that maintains the world, that sustains the world, that provides the world, keeps the world in existence, every single day renews the existence of the world. So it's not just blind faith, just, just because you're taught this is what you have to believe. You open your eyes and you process the miracles that occur to us every single day, the miraculous sunrise and sunset, the miraculous existence of H2O, the, the, the existence of the right amount of oxygen, the, just the way our bodies function. This is all a miracle. It doesn't happen automatic. No human being is able to create. God gave us the ability to reproduce, but none of us have been able to create. 
from nothing to something, from ex nihilo to, to something. Only God in heaven is able to do that. So how did this world come about? Who created the world? Who creates? Who sustains it? There must be a creator to this world. And that is God, the God that we believe in. This was first discovered by our very first patriarch, Abraham, when he was a rather a young man who spent his first 75 years of life. He grew up in a home of idol worship, believing in idols as being the God. It was Abraham who introduced monotheism to the world. He unveiled and presented to the world the existence of the omnipotent, the, the existence of God in heaven. And he began teaching the world against the trend of faith and belief by all the kings. He had to fight off five different kings because he was teaching that there is a deity, there is a God in heaven that is alive, existing, always existed, always will exist, and is here and is present wherever we are, God is. And that is the God that we have known since Abraham has introduced him to us. But God only revealed himself to a few people in the Bible until the revelation on Mount Sinai. It was at that moment that God revealed himself to the presence of three million people. Yes, three million people, eyewitnesses, saw God, heard God for the very first time that God revealed himself. Imagine hearing the voice. Imagine seeing God. That was the great revelation of Mount Sinai when God presented the Ten Commandments to Moses and the whole Torah that we have today. It is that God that we not only believe in, but that God we have tremendous amount of love, awe, and respect. And we are very close to that God in heaven because it's a kind God. It's a benevolent God. It's a compassionate God. It's a God slow to anger. It's a God that only wants the best for us. We are like his children, and he looks after us as we are his children. Each one of us is like an only child to God. So that belief process is a very tangible belief that you can process and you can connect and make the, and, and draw your own conclusions that yes, for the world to exist the way it is, is because God in heaven is allowing the world to exist and is investing in us everything that we need to make this world a beautiful place. Living a life with a God is very different than living a godless life. Let me share with you a story that happened many years ago, just after the Holocaust. This actually happened right here in San Diego, where these two Holocaust survivors met at the DP camp after they survived the camps, they got married, they moved to San Diego, they came to America, the lives were spared, the rest of the families were all gone, exterminated. They were so hurt and so decimated to their core 
that they looked at each other, they said, we're here in America, let's not be Jewish anymore. Let's just conceal our identity and we'll live like everyone else. Because if this happens again, we don't want to go through what we just went through. And if we're going to build a family, we don't want our children to go through what we just went through. So they decided to live as non-Jews. And that is exactly what happened. They got married, not like Jewish people. The wife became pregnant. She gave birth to a beautiful, healthy boy. The rebirth of Judaism after the ashes of the Holocaust. They were so enthralled by bringing life to this world after everything they have seen, after all the death they have seen and experienced, finally there's life. But it's a boy. And with the boy, for 3,000 years has been the tradition, even before then, since Abraham, that when a boy is born, you circumcise the boy at eight days old. That is something that every single Jew does. There are no Jews that are uncircumcised by choice. There are those who, unfortunately, growing up in difficult times in Russia, couldn't have circumcision at birth. They would have it later in life. But every Jew gets circumcised. That's straight from the Bible. It presented a difficult dilemma to this couple. They have already denounced their Judaism, denounced God. But something is really heavy on their heart. So we just gave birth to a boy. Are we really not going to circumcise him? Uh, how, I mean, he's a Jewish boy. We're both Jewish. He deserves a circumcision. No, we don't want him to go through what we went through in the Holocaust. We're not going to do this. This went on from day one, day two, day three. The eighth day is when the circumcision has to happen. On the seventh day, they're looking at each other, and they're both very uneasy with the decision until they came to a conclusion. And they said, what kind of world should we bring our son up in? Would he better off to be brought up in a world with a God or a world without a God? And they made a decision. We want our child to grow up in a world with a God. They call up the rabbi. The next morning at the eighth day, the child had a circumcision. I heard the story from the son himself. When he told me this story and he brought his daughter to synagogue for a bat mitzvah, thinking to myself, that one decision, thinking, is it better to live in a world with a God or without a God? And when they made that one decision, there are now many more generations of Jewish people from that family. And that answers our question, why do we believe in God? Why do we believe in God? Because that is who we are. You, I, and God are one. You can't deny who you are. You can't deny what you have. You have a soul. You have a part of God in you. So yes, embrace it. Understand that that is your life. That is your soul. 
And you know what? You have an address to talk to when the going gets tough. You look up to heaven, you can talk to God. God will listen to you. God will be there for you. In the great times and in the most difficult times, God is always looking over your shoulder. He's always there for you and will always be listening to you. So rather deny his existence, embrace it. And then you go to the next level for not only believing in God, not having, not only having faith in God, but comes to the next level. That is trusting God. You trust that God will do what's right for you. That trust is a great level of faith and hope and understanding that God is who you can rely on, God who you could trust. And this is why in America we see, or we used to see in many areas where it says in God we trust. Starting from Adala Bill and wherever else it is seen, it has been adopted from our early founding fathers of the United States of America. In God we trust. Not only believe, not only have faith in God, but in God we trust. We can rely on Him. He will be there for you. Just open your heart. Welcome the recognition that you have a part of God in you. Embrace it. Make the connection. Talk to God. Pray to God. Connect with God. And God will look over your shoulder and God will lift up your spirits. God will heal your wounds and heal your hearts and pave the rest of your life in a blissful way. Amen. God bless you. God loves you.